You are watching Forbidden Knowledge TV. Welcome to the first episode of Biohack Your Best Life. My name is Elizabeth. And my name is Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. I can't wait to like start this podcast. I mean, it's just um, something I've been, you know, really, really passionate about my whole mm -hmm. life is, is really biohacking your, your biology, basically. Yeah. And um, coming from where... I come from mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. um, I really overcame a lot um, by doing so. So mm. I thought, you know, I want to share it with the world. This yeah. is my passion. So um, yeah, I mean, this podcast is really exciting for me, and mm -hmm. just sharing, you know, ways to help your mental and physical. You know, using modalities, using mm -hmm. you know, strategic methods of thought process, and yeah. you know, routines and everything like that. So I really just wanted to uh, share it with the world and. You know, kind of give people tips on, on how I did it because it's yeah. possible. Right. That's one of the most intriguing things about you. Uh, when I first met you and I found out what your story was, I was like, wow, because I know so many people that have gone through similar situations that you went through, mm -hmm. but they didn't make it out, mm -hmm. including in, in my own family. You yeah. know, my grandfather and my father. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was an alcoholic until the day he died. Mm. Matter of fact, it gave him bone cancer, mm. one of the most brutal ways to die. Yeah. He died screaming. Ugh. And um, and my father, who was an alcoholic and a drug addict pretty much his entire life. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of, you know, they both went through a lot of trauma. My father went through severe trauma. Yeah. But um, was never able to find his way out. He tried. Yeah. But there's a recipe to this. Mm -hmm. And I think that the world really needs to find out what that recipe is. Mm -hmm. And this is just one aspect of your story. But we definitely want to dig into your story today and mm -hmm. find out a little bit more about where you came from, how you started. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's go ahead and just dig right in. Let's tell everybody, like, where, 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 what is your beginnings? Like, where are you from? <laughs> so, so I was actually born in Korea, mm. um, a, a little city outside of Seoul called Incheon. Mm. And um, I was there for three months before I was shipped over to America wow. and adopted um, by a white family. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly enough, um, I did some regression work and went back to my actual birth and like experienced it again. Wow. And um, you know, there was a lot of trauma associated mm. with with that specifically mm -hmm. um, because actually. Um, during half, like halfway through pregnancy, yeah. the stress hormones from your mom actually cross the placenta. Mm -hmm. So if you're a baby inside of a mother's stomach that is stressed out, doesn't want you, or, or any of those feelings, yeah. you, you're coming into this dimension uh -huh. and you're feeling all of those, all right. of those things. Yeah. So that's kind of how everything started for me. Um, you know, I was adopted, which is, you know, I find out recently is a trauma in itself. Yes. Um, it, it took me a really long time to actually like, you know, realize that adoption is, is trauma mm -hmm. because you can't consciously connect, you know, those emotions because you don't remember, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't remember when you're, you're zero years old coming right. out of womb. True. Um, unless you do regression work, which I was so blessed to find, find that work and, and yeah. be able to experience it. Um, but yeah, it took me probably about until three years ago till I really realized that that was, you know, one of the main reasons mm -hmm. why. I um, began this life kind of angry mm -hmm. and just full of just anger and sadness and grief, really, because, right. you know, um, in doing the regression work, it was, you know, I found out that my mom just didn't want me and it felt like, you know, she was disgusted mm. with me. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. how my life started. So, mm. that's um, the hard way to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, I always wondered, like, throughout my whole life why I have these abandonment issues because, you know, my family that I, I got adopted into, they, they were good people. Mm -hmm. You know, they did their best, the best they knew how to do with me, yeah. um, an angry child. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I always wondered because they never left me. Yeah. Um, did they was, have you since birth? Like, when you first came here, like, that was the only one family that you started with and, and yeah. ended up with? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yep, yep. So I was three months old mm -hmm. um, when they adopted me. And, um, you know, they already had adopted my older brother from Chile, actually. Okay. And he's five years older than me, so they mm. had an adopted child already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I started this life out, um, you know, I guess, interestingly enough, like, my mom and dad used to tell me I have these, like, terrible tantrums. Mm. And it started at, like, one, two years old, where wow. I would just... And I remember these things. Like, it's one of my first memories, wow. actually. Um, just the anger inside mm -hmm. of me. I would, like, beat beat my hands on the ground and shake wow. my head and just kick and stomp and yeah. you know just 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 snotting all over the place like yeah. it was just it was crazy and yeah. now that i'm older it's like why did i have that much anger in me mm -hmm. at that age it's yeah. not like i experienced you know a whole bunch of crazy things right as as you know a one-year-old to be able to have that amount of anger inside mm -hmm. of me so i mean yeah i mean that's how i started yeah. and you know i i just look back at it and it's like why did i do these things at such a young age yeah. like why did i search out ways to start getting outside of my 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 head you mm -hmm. know i mean i started drinking when i was like 11 mm -hmm. 10 11 years old wow and now that i'm like an adult i'm like yeah. wow yeah like that's a 10 young. 11 year old yeah, that's really young my dad started smoking and drinking in the same around the same age wow so you know it's that's pretty young yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah. now it, it's like I know now that that really is it's pain. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to figure out ways to get out of pain in any way possible. Yeah. And I guess that was like my first mechanism to try to you know accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And um, you know I just I, all the crazy things that I used to do. Like I started selling weed yeah. <laughs> when I was like 11. Yeah. I, I took some sage from my mom's you know spice cabinet and put it in oh, little no. baggies and was like trying to sell it. Oh, like man, you were trying like, to be a street like, hustler. Oh my goodness. Like where did I get this from at yeah. that age? You know because my parents you know they were traditional traditional mm -hmm. family. Yeah, like yeah. my dad was a college professor mm -hmm. and my mom was you know uh, um, I think she was an English teacher at that time mm -hmm. but then she started her own lobbying firm okay so it's like you know I had great parents that you know they yeah, they just bring in yeah financial your financial mm -hmm. stability was there yep yep. but you had this internal anger churning in you and this rebellious attitude churning yeah. inside of you yeah it could be possibly or do you think it could be from some epigenetic memories from different generations in your I past? I absolutely think yeah. that. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, some of the things that I'm interested in mm -hmm. or some of the things that I just, you know, you're attracted to certain things. Yeah. Like, and then I just, I never fit in the box with my family. Like, mm. I was the black sheep. Right. Like, they, they never understood me yeah. at all. You know, because mm. I'm so different. I was yeah. always so different. I mm. never believed in the things that they used to tell me about like they put me in church since i was yeah. like little little which is right. great i actually am very happy that they did that because mm -hmm. it taught me it taught me volunteer work and mm -hmm. it taught me to to do things for people service for others yeah exactly yeah. Uh -huh. at a young age yeah, that's so good. so yeah i mean i experienced like like a lot of that young um but i never believed in what they were telling me yeah like with the bible and just you know christianity i just never i never really fit into that mold yeah. so i was kind of just out for all the box i started playing with ouija boards yeah. and like playing with with sticks and yeah. lighting things on fire thinking i'm a witch and right, right. <laughs> so like where did that come from at right. a young age mm -hmm. yeah. um so yeah, I mean, I do, I do think that there's like a lot of of, of that in me, mm -hmm. and then triggers, you know, like yeah. examine your triggers, like right. things used to trigger me terribly, mm -hmm. like and and why, you yeah. know, yeah. it's not like my family started off doing certain things to to make me have these specific triggers, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So um, no, it was it, it was an interesting childhood that I had. Um, it was crazy because when I was young, I remember having terrible, terrible nightmares, like. Mm -hmm really young and mm. um i think i was three four years old yeah. and i would wake up screaming and crying and like wow. i would look i would open my eyes mm -hmm. and i would see now that i know what it is sacred geometry yeah and i would see like these it would like go Pattern. in and out like right. and i would be terrified like what is this mm. like i didn't know what it was um 
And so I like a good memory that I have of my dad actually is he used to come get me out of bed like when mm. I'd be screaming. Yeah. And he'd put me on his shoulders and walk me outside and we'd look at stars together and we'd oh, just find nice. the stars. Right. And he basically like rocked me back to sleep and right. I put me back when I would calm down. So yeah, all of these things, like where did they come from? Right, right, you know? exactly. These are just innate memories inside of you, stored in your body, and yeah. passed down through generations, including with the stress mm-hmm. coming, crossing the placental plane from your mother directly into you. Yeah. And maybe some of the tortures or maybe some of the, uh, you know, the abuse that she had gone through. Yeah, uh, right. Even before you were here. Yep. Uh, and you were, it was acting itself out mm-hmm. inside of your body, inside of your avatar body, just transferred right into you. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Did exactly. You, were you forced to take any kind of medicine for your... <sighs> your attitude or your acting out or your behavior see so no they wanted to do that and i always refused like i always refused i didn't want to feel out of my mind Mm -hmm. but the thing that happened to me is my parents put me on birth control at a young age young young um i got my cycle early like Mm -hmm. really early i think sixth grade or something fifth grade um, so at that time they put me on birth control Ooh, that's a lot and of oh my gosh, it, it really messed me up. Yeah. It, it really, really messed me up. And I was already angry mm-hmm. and I was already like searching for drugs and, and alcohol ways to feel better. Yeah. Um, and that just it, it spiraled out of control at that wow. point. Like wow. it spiraled. It made me really bipolar. Like yeah. I just, I was all over the place, oh all goodness. over the place, always yeah. searching for the next Thing to make me feel better, which was, mm-hmm. you know, a self-soothing method that never served me in, yeah. the, in a positive way. Right, right. Yeah. Do you have any abuses that may have happened to you or is that something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was actually um, abused when I was young, young, mm. young. Um, and I didn't. So it's so interesting. I mean, our bodies are like really, really amazing, yeah. like amazing things. When things happen to you mm-hmm. and you're young and you cannot handle it, mm-hmm. your brain will literally repress that memory yeah. and you won't remember it until you are meant to remember those things. Yeah. And then, you know, some people go into fight or flight, some mm-hmm. people go into freeze. Yeah. And I would go into deep freeze, mm-hmm. deep freeze, where I would just, you know, completely check out. Mm. So, um, you know, the abuse that I had when I was really little. I didn't even remember it until I was about 12, 13 years old and I started dreaming, like having nightmares about these things. And I would wonder like, where is this coming from? And it just felt so real. Mm -hmm. So I asked my mom, I was like, mom, I think I need to go to a therapist Mm -hmm. like and try to figure this out. At 13, I'm like, bravo. (laughs) You know, like, so I actually went, um, went to a therapist and, you know, I started talking about it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately it really was, it just, it was, it was bad. Mm. <laughs> it was really bad because wow. I, I don't know what their protocol is, but she ended up telling my parents. And the reason that I found out that it was real mm-hmm. was because the, my abuser admitted it. Oh. So that's the only reason I knew because I was just having these dreams. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of spiraled and made my family just blow up for a little while. And, wow. um, you know, mm. on top of that, the birth control and, you know, by that time I was heavy into drinking. Mm-hmm. I was sneaking out. I started sneaking out at what age? I think fifth grade, fourth. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was like third grade. I wow. started sneaking out because I had some friends and we used to just walk around and like, wow. oh my you know. goodness, <laughs> third grade. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I was like heavy into sneaking out at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, by the time I was a teenager, when I was thirteen, I I was definitely heavily drinking by yeah. then, smoking cigarettes. I yeah. started smoking cigarettes when I mm-hmm. was like twelve, thirteen years old. Wow. Um, and yeah, I think that all stemmed from, you know, the adoption and then, Mm -hmm. and then definitely the abuse at that time. And then, you know, my brother, he, he had this kidney issue Mm -hmm. and, um, that put a lot of stress on our family Mm -hmm. and he, you know, he needed a kidney transplant by the time he was 16. I think they found out though when he was younger, Mm -hmm. um, and so that put a ton of stress on my family. Wow. And unfortunately, like my parents, you know, they, they did the best that they could do, but they didn't know. Yeah. Like they sent me away to these different places mm-hmm. that I was uncomfortable, like these church families while they would go, you know, help my brother. And my brother's on dialysis. Yeah. So they would be gone working with him at the hospital. And they didn't, you know, they didn't bring me because I was so young. Mm-hmm. But really, when they were sending me away to these families, it was like my abandonment issues. Oh. It was stirring in me, and it like it that cuts deep. It right. cut deep. Like I mean, wh- why am I getting sent away? You know, so that made everything worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I got arrested for the first time when I was thirteen for mm. like shoplifting or something, and then 
Another time I got arrested because I was out drinking mm -hmm. on the college campus because I grew up in Lansing. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Michigan State was there, so I always used to sneak out and go to those parties and stuff. Wow. And, um, Goodness. <laughs> you were something else. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I remember getting arrested in the middle of the night. And my, the, yeah. they, brought, they brought me home. And right. I was drunk, so I didn't know. Yeah. Man. Just, yeah. So you were really acting out a lot, mm -hmm. a lot. But you had... You had these ancestral traumas in you. You had the stress from your mom transferred into you. And then you had, unfortunately, um, some abuse mm -hmm. that took place, which just really magnified everything. Mm -hmm. And then the abandonment issues mm -hmm. already being adopted and having, I mean, you don't look anything like your parents, obviously. Mm -hmm. they right. know, they're Caucasian, you're Asian. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't look anything like your brother. So mm -hmm. you have this disassociation issue going on at the same time. Yeah. And so it just turned you into a rebel, mm -hmm. is, what, is what I see. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And so how much trouble did you really get into? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. When I started getting in trouble with the cops, I was mm. like, screw this home life. My parents were really trying to like yeah. lock me down at that point. And I was uh -huh. like, yeah. you know, so I moved out at 14. Mm. And I moved in with um, actually my ex and his dad and his cousin. and. Mm. That, you know, topped on more trauma because at that time, like, I was super into hustling. So I started yeah. selling weed at that yeah. age, like, heavy. Yeah. Um, with some guys that were actually in the apartment complex. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so I started really, really, like, hustling, hustling um, at that time. And, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it really, really spiraled from there. Because mm -hmm. we we didn't have any parental figure. Even though, you know, his dad lived with us, yeah. he didn't care what we did. So we were always partying on campus, you know, on, at MSU. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had more trauma that happened at that point. Mm. And my belief really is... Like, because I came into this dimension so traumatized already, yeah. and inside that energy and inside the anger energy, I was attracting that. And it was just like, you know. Spiraling. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I kept attracting more trauma and mm -hmm. more trauma and, you know, <laughs> sexual abuse nonstop. Yeah. Like, mm. it, it started at, you know, young kid age yeah. and continued all through my teenage years, oh, all through goodness. my 20s. Wow. And it was because I, I really, you know, I... I <laughs> Really, really like just, just I held that, held on to that energy. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I carried, I carried that energy. So that's like my belief of why I just experienced so much, so yeah. much trauma. Plus, I didn't get out of my pattern of you know doing stupid shit. Mm -hmm. Like, right. So yeah, I was selling drugs at fourteen, um, and then I had one of the worst traumas of my life because I was at, I was places where I didn't need to, I had no business. I was yeah. fourteen partying with college kids. Wow. So you know, obviously, I put myself in a bad situation. And um, because my honest, true belief is mm -hmm. I, I caused it all. You yeah. know, I really did that. I right. did that. So when I took, you know, that responsibility, when mm -hmm. my life changed. But yeah, yeah um, 14. So, yeah, that was one of the worst years of my life and mm -hmm. living, you know, not at home. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just it was such a bad memory. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that spiraled. Mm -hmm. And then um, it was just more drama with my family going on. Like my mom actually ended up giving my brother her kidney. They were a match. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, he had surgery and he was like rejecting the kidney. So there mm. was drama at home. I was mm -hmm. going through this drama, you know, living at this apartment at age yeah. 14. Wow. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up moving back into my parents' house, I think around age 15, 16 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my parents, <laughs> again, they were doing the best that they could do. Yeah. Um, and they thought, because I was such a rebel, I was such a shit. You know, I was mm -hmm. like, I was awful. Like, right. and I, I was just awful. I was mean and wow. awful. And they didn't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up sending me to boot camp. Mm. And they sent me to the boot camp where the people come get you in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. Like, so, oh, and, th and that night, I remember that night so yeah. clearly. Like, I was laying in bed, and I was about to sneak out to my, my ex, my high school sweetheart. <laughs> and I was like, eh, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to chill for the night. Yeah. And then I get woken up, like, lights turn on in the middle of the night. Wow. And these these people with suits on come wow. get me. They tell me to get get my ass up mm. and like they come, they take me mm. and I see my mom and my dad and they're like crying and I'm like, wow. what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So I remember they, they, I, I had zero clue what was happening. It's like an alien abduction. Oh my God. It was terrifying. <laughs> oh man. It was terrifying. So I'm bawling, crying. They take me to the airport. Yeah. 
I remember I tried to get away. Like I was uh -huh. like, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And um, they, you know, took me to the bathroom. The lady stood outside the uh -huh. bathroom door, and I remember there was a, a worker mm. from the airport in the bathroom, and they they saw me. They're like, Are you okay? I'm wow. like, No, I'm not okay. They're like, Not okay. They're kidnapping me. Yeah. So that didn't work. Um. So yeah, they they dropped me off in the middle of the woods in wow. uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and I spent a lot of time in the middle of the woods mm. at boot camp. Wow. Um, which triggered more of my abandonment issues. Yeah. And um, actually, that would have probably got me on the right track for a little bit because, I mean, I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wow. liked being in nature. Okay. And I liked, you know, I know how to camp. I know how to start fires with sticks. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it taught me a lot of good stuff. I was actually there during the huge blackout on the East Coast. Oh, yeah? When that drama was happening, I didn't even know because wow. I was in the middle of the woods. Right, right. Um, so, <laughs> it was funny. Like, you have to, you know, cross these levels and to be able to graduate, to be able to mm -hmm. get out. Yeah. And I remember I, I graduated so mm -hmm. quickly yeah. that they started giving me ridiculous things to oh, do. No. <laughs> I just wanted to go home. So, they yeah. started, like, making me do things with my toes. You know, like, just, <laughs> oh, just weird shit. And yeah. I, I did it all. Right. <laughs> I did it all because I wanted to go. When I put my mind to something, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I just, I do it. So, right. um, yeah, I ended up graduating after a while, coming back home. And then my parents... I mean, I would have been okay. Mm -hmm. And then a week after I get back home, they're like, oh, we're going to boarding school. Mm. And I was like, Ex excuse me? Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. So they Ooh. sent me to New Hampshire wow. to boarding school. Yeah. And that sucked. And that, more trauma there. Wow. You know, I wasn't at home. We, were, we lived in dorms. I was mm -hmm. drinking all the time. I was fighting. Oh, I was no. getting hit on by teachers. Oh, man. It, it, was, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah. And I actually ended up having to get almost pulled from that school. Well, they did pull me from that school because I was yeah. about to get expelled wow. for fighting and drinking and um, doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> came back home, um, finished my junior year in high school at my um, original high school. And yeah. then I ended up um, graduating early because I hated school so much. Um, so I took extra, you know off course classes mm -hmm. so I could graduate early so wow. I ended up graduating in um, December so through all of that you still graduated yeah oh yeah I was really smart yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was really smart I um yeah. I don't know that was naturally in me I think you mm -hmm. know yeah from from you know I don't know <laughs> it was naturally in me <laughs> yeah. good with numbers and math and Asian things so yeah. <laughs> um yeah as soon as I graduated I moved out mm -hmm. and um that's when I really started getting in trouble. Mm. Oh, <laughs> And really started getting into drugs. Yeah. So um, I actually started dancing right out of um, right when I was able to, mm -hmm. right out of high school. Mm. And um, I only did it for a short period of time, yeah. but I remember I needed to be so high to be yeah. able to do that. Right. And um, so by then I was binging on ecstasy oh, and man. drinking and mm -hmm. doing Vicodin and just everything I could get my hands on. Wow. Um, and then, you know, I was making a lot of money, so yeah. I had, you know, the funds to be able to purchase all my, <laughs> yeah. all wow. my extracurricular activities. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, you know, through, through the strip club, I met awful people yeah. that wanted to use me and abuse mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually met an ex of mine and ended up moving and that was a whole shit show in itself because mm. he was a huge drug dealer. Oh no. And that was the first time when I was living with him that um, my house got raided mm. the first time in my life. Wow. Um, and I remember helicopters were going over the house. Oh, and, man. you know, I <laughs> there was a bang at the door. Yeah. And um, I went to the door and there were like AKs in my face. And oh, I'm man. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, it man. ended up That's being scary. the biggest drug bust in the history of, of Kalamazoo. Wow. So, um, you know, I remember they took us and, and that was drug <laughs> bunch of drama but yeah. i remember like coming back to my house mm -hmm. and looking at my house and i was heartbroken because yeah. they everything was broken right they did destroy everything. destroyed slice and dice everything. Yeah, yeah everything wow. everything even like unnecessarily like i'm mm -hmm. like why did you have to like yeah. cut this tiny little pillow right. you know like <laughs> yeah. what, what is the point of this they take they have a thrill they get a thrill out oh of yeah no yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah they do yeah. um so yeah, went through so you, that. So you went through that. So you got through a lot. So this is a lot of information. This is like, <laughs> whoo, mind blowing. Okay, you know, you're talking about uh, being adopt, you know, being abandoned and then getting adopted, mm -hmm. uh, having all these issues with with frustration and anger, and then getting abused, uh, getting on drugs and drinking, uh, still graduating though, getting mm -hmm. sent away to to uh, a, a camp, <laughs> getting sent to a boarding school. And now you still graduate, and then you you end up with a, a big time drug dealer. Get your house busted. Mm -hmm. um, 
busted into and, and everything else. And obviously some things came out of that, some negative things came out of that. And now, what do you say to yourself after all this stuff happens? What, do you, what, do you, what are you thinking at this point in your life? Oh my gosh. I don't think I was thinking. Mm. Like most <laughs> people at the, you know, yeah. in that mind state, they, they, don't, they don't realize that they're just reacting, but they're not right. thinking. Right, exactly. No, mm-hmm. there was no conscious thought process yeah. in me at that time. I mean, mm. by then I was going back and forth to Detroit, so I met all my Detroit people and um, really got on drugs. Mm. And then I started learning other hustles and started mm-hmm. pimping bitches. Like, it was really crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Really crazy. After he went to prison, mm-hmm. you know, I moved out to Detroit. But that's when I started modeling. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brought me out of doing, like, my major drug dealings and yeah. just stupid, stupid stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I started modeling in Detroit. And um, I remember I just had a, a fake ID ever since I was very young. Yeah. And... Um, I was getting like super VIP into all these clubs oh, and man. at like I think I was like 17, 18, 19 years old wow. and you know getting treated like like literal royalty mm-hmm. and um I remember in 2006 I hosted the Detroit Hip Hop Awards and mm. that's really when everything jumped off and um I ended up moving to LA to really pursue my modeling career and um yeah I mean I became age reign at that point yeah. and uh you know, it was good. Like I was always, even throughout my drug habits and the alcohol and the partying, like I still worked. Mm-hmm. Like I still wanted to work and still yeah. wanted to like hustle. You yeah. know, I, uh, that hustle mentality, mm-hmm. I feel like is is in some people and yeah. it's not in others, you right. know, That's which true. is fine because everyone has their own path that they need yeah. to live. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I actually yeah moved to L.A., but then I, I got caught up with some other people. <laughs> And started hustling in a major way out there while I was, you know, doing modeling stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a pretty big, you know, modeling. I did, you know, movies and TV shows and music videos and magazines and, you know, touring the Mm -hmm. country. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, fun stuff associated with that, which also brought on like the party life too, you know, and the L.A. party life. Mm -hmm. I mean, cocaine came, you know, it was really big in my life at that time. Like. You know, I was into like ecstasy and stuff yeah. beforehand. But, you know, LA is really big into cocaine, so right. I got into that <laughs> heavily, and mm-hmm. then you know, got mixed up with these other hustlers, mm-hmm. and so I I started really, really doing some crazy, crazy hustling stuff, mm-hmm. um, which eventually led into me getting caught mm-hmm. and spending time in jail for yeah. that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was still modeling. Um, I spent about two and a half, three years in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, modeling and acting and had a lot of great experiences out there um met a lot of really great people you know Mm -hmm. it was i i lived the life like it was a luxurious life for me because i was making money and i was modeling i was on like music videos and so you know like it was it was a model life i was a video vixen so i had a lot of fun yeah but i wasn't conscious Mm -hmm. you know i was literally drunk all day i Mm -hmm. remember my girlfriend and i um we used to save our money and eat like 99 cent um, hamburgers from McDonald's mm. so we could save money for our fifth of vodka per oh day. Oh my goodness. So we are literally like drink from morning to night and wow. sleep maybe a couple hours and then wow. eat our hamburger and then start all over again. Wow. So it, it became really bad. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't remember a lot of my life from mm-hmm. then because I feel like I was drunk a yeah. lot of the time. Right. But, you know... Um, Looking back at it, I was just in so much pain, like yeah. so much pain. And now you're moving in a way where you're starting to begin to think a little bit more consciously, not mm-hmm. a lot, but a little bit more like, oh, I have to, I have to take care of this life mm-hmm. that you gave birth to that lived and grew inside of your own body. Yeah, yeah. And so that makes you see things a little differently, especially knowing where you came from, mm-hmm. being, you know, uh, basically, you know, given away for adoption. Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously, you don't want to see your own son be given away because you can't take care of him. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. No, he really, he, I know I owe it to him, like, because mm-hmm. he, he changed me. He, it was that little, like, okay, mm-hmm. get your shit together, bitch. Like, <laughs> you can't, yeah. can't be out here doing this crazy stuff. So, right. um, so yeah, I mean, he really, he really did. Um, but I was so addicted to, to alcohol and drugs at that mm-hmm. time. Like, it was just, you know, it was very hard for me to, to stray away from that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I got into, a bad relationship mm. and well I've been in a whole bunch of bad relationships yeah. um but I had to stay high mm-hmm. during the time I was with this guy because it was so awful like he mm. was so mean to me and it was just awful so I had to be high around him mm. or else I couldn't function mm. wow. <laughs> so you know I was 
drinking and high a lot, mm-hmm. a lot at that time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. I was still unconscious, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I was, I think I was like, I saw a quote today. Um, and it was like, sometimes I have to stay busy to not feel the pain. Mm. So that's where I was at at that time. Yeah. You know, I kept a million jobs. Mm-hmm. I kept going to school. I kept like, you know, yeah. culinary industry is abuse in itself. Right. You know, I was working 12 to 16 hour days, six Brutal. days a week. Brutal. So, I mean, I was staying busy so I wouldn't have to, like, feel, um, which, you know, was a pattern throughout Mm -hmm. my whole entire life. But, Mm. yeah, I mean, that was kind of up until, like, you know, um, probably my early, early 30s, like around 30, 31. Mm -hmm. And um, only until I left that guy um, did I really, like... Boom! Like he was the the the, <laughs> the nail on the head that really woke yeah. my ass up because right. of the pain that he caused me. Mm. You know, um, I stayed with him for a really really long period of time because I thought he wasn't cheating on me, and mm. I found out that he was, yeah. and that broke me. Like mm. I didn't get out of bed for like three weeks. I was wow. just it, I felt dead inside. Mm. Um, but then something happened. <laughs> yeah, it was like, huh? Like I don't have to feel like this, mm. and it really just it was like boom. And I, I, I woke up mm. and it, w- it was really strange how that happened. And it, it's, you know, the process of the awakening mm-hmm. was, was, you know, crazy to me yeah. now. But I mean, I, I started knowing that thoughts control everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I can control my thoughts, yeah. then I can control the way I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't have to feel sad. I can control yeah. my thought process. Right. So, you know, that's when I kind of started on, on the awakening path and, mm. um, I remember I, I quit I quit drinking mm-hmm. um, around 31, 32. Mm. Um, I quit drugs mm-hmm. around that same time. Wow. Um, when I quit drugs, it really it really opened my life up. Mm-hmm. Like it it really brought me my consciousness. Yeah. Like I was clear minded, and mm-hmm. I'm not. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, I had to do a ton of shadow work, a mm-hmm. ton of like. You know, realizing like, you know, you caused all this shit in your life, yeah, you know, right. and to take responsibility of your own suffering is a mm-hmm. really powerful place to be yeah. and a really conscious place to be Yeah. because I don't put even, even the sexual abuse, the rapes, every, everything, I don't put that on, on them. You mm-hmm. know, I attracted all that into my life. Yeah. I caused all that. I carried that energy mm-hmm. and I was in places I, I had no business being mm-hmm. and, you know, I just... I, I caused it. Yeah. I did that. Right. So to be able to accept that, it, it was like, wow. And it, it was very painful, mm-hmm. soberly painful. Yeah. You know? that's, a, that's a powerful thing to accept because one of the biggest things, that it, the hardest things for people to accept, especially somebody on drugs, alcohol, for example, is to admit that it's them. Yeah. So looking in the mirror and seeing your reflection, it's like, oh, and then admitting, yeah, it's me. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. tough thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then people don't people don't realize like they don't they, I mean people have the victim mentality which I, I really never had that but mm-hmm. they they woe is me you know yeah no <laughs> you got to switch that up it's right. it's not woe is me it's it's you 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 create your reality mm-hmm. every day at every second yeah. you're projecting out mm-hmm. you know if you feel like okay everyone sucks mm-hmm. you know all these men out here are trash yeah. that's what you're gonna get exactly that's what you're gonna get yeah. like every relationship I had was abusive they mm-hmm. either beat me physically. Or mentally abused me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my projection of a man, you know, years ago was like, all these guys are dogs. Mm. So, of course, that's all I attracted into my life. Exactly. So, I mean, really to take responsibility for all of it, for yeah. all of it, is really where my journey, like, my real conscious journey began. Mm-hmm. After quitting the drugs and being able to really think clearly. Because mm-hmm. I never thought clearly before, ever. Right. I had to retrain myself how to interact with people because i was always high yeah and you know they used to call me the life of the party i was like the extrovert you Mm -hmm. know i was dancing on tables and everyone (laughs) would be like if i hurt because she to find one right no i realized like i'm so introverted like i don't like to be around people like i it gives me anxiety yeah yeah you know so which i was using drugs and alcohol to calm my anxiety down so i could Mm -hmm. interact so really i mean i had to start i had to start Teaching myself yeah. how to interact with people again. Right, right. Amazing. Yeah, it yeah. was it was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. But yeah. I mean, you know, something that did help me when I was a teenager um, was neurofeedback. Mm-hmm. So I came across neurofeedback. Okay. My my best friend in the whole world got shot and actually he died. Mm. You know, and my dad died, 
and then my grandparents died and mm. then the lady that my housekeeper died mm. and it all happened within like a two-year period wow. you know one of our our girlfriends died and i was you know in a really 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 bad place so i was yeah. doing a ton of drugs a ton mm. of adderall and i remember i couldn't even speak because wow. i was so like cracked out yeah. wow <laughs> so i came across um my first modality which yeah. was um brain training or okay. it was um neurofeedback yeah and that was great because i feel like that kind of kept me you know like this mm -hmm. instead of completely falling off the deep end okay um because i remember it brought me out of my drug stupor mm. <laughs> so after a week of doing doing neural feedback mm. i i signed up for school and kind of just changed my life a little bit yeah and so with the neural feedback it's a kind of a computer that you connect to your yeah brain waves yeah yeah basically so it's basically like observe and report okay <laughs> so it's basically putting a mirror up to your brain and mm -hmm. showing your brain that the, like if you're not aware mm -hmm. let's say like your ankle is broken but you're completely oblivious to it yeah. like you're not aware of it how right. could you correct the ankle you right. know right so it's doing that for your brain it's like putting uh, a mirror up to your brain okay and it's showing your brain that here's a pattern here's a pattern here's a pattern mm -hmm. and those are not those patterns aren't serving you mm. so it's like your brain is literally correcting itself in real time mm. so you know it brought me out of that that fog that i was in mm -hmm. um so i would use that mm -hmm. <laughs> as a crutch okay i would go out and get high and drunk and then <laughs> yeah. feel that brain fog and then uh -huh. i would go you know use neurofeedback to be able to snap back into it and um that kind of <laughs> yeah. it was bad but i mean it, it did help me mm -hmm. um but you know interestingly like, like throughout my whole life i always was concerned about like physical health mm. like i started taking like probiotics i remember at a young young age because yeah. i always had stomach issues my mm. parents never realized that i was lactose intolerant gave right. me a bunch of milk all the time so i always like you know did a lot of research into how i could make myself feel better and look mm. better physically mm -hmm. so i was always like you know an athlete mm -hmm. i was in gymnastics for a long time okay. and um really focused on on my body and mm. you know physical health even yeah. though i was this craziness, right. <laughs> all this craziness, wow. I still, you know, did things to help my physical, mm -hmm. my physical health. Um, so, I mean, I've always been into, into that, you mm -hmm. know, I got a job. Um, I remember I was living in Louisiana. This was my early twenties. I got a job at GNC mm. and I was so obsessed with it. Like yeah. learning about the vitamins and right. GNC. I don't, I don't rec recommend people <laughs> to shop there for their supplements, but I mean, at that time, I learned a ton about like you know supplements and, mm -hmm. and vitamins, and I became like the top regional salesperson. And okay. you know, I, I like really I loved that job. Yeah. And so you know, that's kind of when I started taking like a lot more you know supplements to help my body and mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. Um, and then you know after let me see, after I really woke up all the way, um, I started researching on how to really optimize myself. Mm. Like all the way, because yeah. I don't know. Ever since I, I became super conscious, it's like my only goal in life is to be better than every day, every mm -hmm. day than yeah. I was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, to optimize, like I, I really, you know, once you get conscious too in the mm -hmm. awakening stage, yeah. I mean, it's like you dive into information, mm -hmm. dive into it. So yeah, all I did, I know, the <laughs> I know, I know. For hours on end, yeah, you can go in for hours non-stop non-stop yeah. it's like i was gobbling up information i was mm -hmm. studying sacred geometry and vortex mathematics yeah. and the pyramids and just everything i get my hands on mm -hmm. everything about you know anatomy and mm -hmm. biology of the body like it was so interesting to me i stopped yeah. watching tv and listening to the music mm -hmm. and i was listening to i probably listened to over five thousand podcasts yeah. over yeah. <laughs> yeah. and read over million millions of books mm -hmm. millions of books and audible i mean it was just it was non-stop for me mm -hmm. for a couple of years yeah. and um you know i learned a lot about like the body and the mind mm -hmm. and through learning all of these things like i started optimizing mm -hmm. myself wow. and um you know using all these different modalities which luckily you know i have a chance to share on this podcast yeah i've really like now i, I can interact without feeling awkward yeah. and you know <laughs> right um and my brain function came back mm -hmm. you know yeah. and and I, like neuroplasticity is a thing yeah. and i know it's a thing it's a real thing i, I know <laughs> i know it's a thing MIT. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean because back in the day they used to tell you if you took a bunch of ecstasy you'd have holes in your brain and right. you're gonna die and you're never gonna get back yeah. and i i really believed that and i was so i was dumb like mm -hmm. there was so much brain fog yeah. i couldn't i couldn't think like i i used to and i've i was always smart yeah so it bothered me the brain fog really bothered me mm -hmm. and just to go from 
complete fogginess yeah. to not even be able to complete sentences mm. to now where I just, I, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing like what the body can bounce, body and brain can bounce back amazing. from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so now that you had at that, had that awakening, which gradually took shape, it didn't happen instantly, but it gradually took shape from the birth of your, your child mm-hmm. up and through, you know, a few years after. Uh, and now you're gobbling up, up all this information, this knowledge, this wisdom. You're seeking all this ascension knowledge and you're working on yourself. You're using technology to help you train your brain and correct some of the errors in your brain. What, 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 you know, besides that, what else did you feel like with, with, with the money part? Because now I see you as a very successful person. Mm-hmm. So how did you convert the street hustling into corporate hustling? <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Like, it's it's almost the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Well, if you dip into specific, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> ways to make yeah. legal money. Right. Um, I mean, the chef world, it was it was fun because it helped my creativity. Mm-hmm. But it didn't pay me the way I wanted to be paid. Right. So I ended up leaving that and um, I became a real estate agent. Mm. And, you know, with felonies, mm-hmm. like, you're not even allowed to get your license. Exactly. So I had to, like, jump through crazy hoops to mm-hmm. be able to be able to get my license, which yeah. I ended up doing. Nice. Congrats. Thank God. Um so yeah, I mean, I which is it's a street hustle. <laughs> yeah. It's like it okay, is. I'm gonna sell these t- these you know twelve houses over right. here. <laughs> like you know, it's mm-hmm. just it's just like street hustling. Yeah. So I became actually really really good at, at mm. real estate quick, yeah. and um, so you know I made I made good money doing that, oh, yeah. and I kind of. I found out what my talent was, mm. and it was like, you know, building, like mm-hmm. building things. Yeah. Because not only was I working real estate and closing deals, mm-hmm. I, I started recruiting agents and, um, you know, created my own real estate team. Right. And at one time, I had almost 30 agents that That's I was... That's a lot of agents. Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah, managing. I would actually go into strip clubs and, like, pull these strippers out of wow. out of that and, you know, really mentor them into mm-hmm. becoming the, you know, a real estate agent. Amazing. And, yeah, I was successful at doing it with, with a bunch of girls. and. Wow. It was like the pretty girl team, which yeah. I, I, you know, recruited. Mm-hmm. And eventually, towards the end of, of that part of my life, um, I was recruiting, you know, both sexes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I found out that I was really good at building things. Yeah. Um, so that's really like where, you know, I found my talent. Like mm-hmm. I, I built, you know, another, I had a business partner at a time, at this time. And mm-hmm. um, I helped build his company and, yeah. you know, took it up, I think, 400% within the first year. Amazing. So, um, yeah. And then I got behind this other company and just used all my connections, you know, luckily yeah. through modeling and acting, I've made crazy amounts of, of connections yeah. through the, the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So I used to just pull connections and, and pull people together to make really, really great grand things happen. Right, right. So, um you know, that's kind of kind of where I started, like, you know, taking my street mentality mm-hmm. and turning it into, you know, corporate mentality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's huge because a lot of people need to hear this. Yeah. Because a lot of people think that they're, you know, and they're geniuses too, but they think they're stuck in the mode of I can only street hustle. Right. When you can really take the same exact knowledge, the same exact wisdom. The recipe is always a recipe. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what the industry is. Yeah. Illegal or legal, it doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. recipe is going to be the same, and you can convert that recipe into a legal uh, enterprise, yeah. which you've done mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, I personally know some of the things that you've done and seen you have the, some of the businesses that you've built mm-hmm. and grown, and the context. What a lot of people don't don't do when they're in your position is they don't take note, uh, create the contact list, the database. Mm-hmm. They don't build those relationships, mm-hmm. so they go through this cycle of the modeling. They go through the cycle of the partying and meeting all these famous people and everything else. And then mm-hmm. and when it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. They can't even call somebody on the phone. Yeah. You kept all those people. Mm-hmm. You're in your phone. You can text them. You can call them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're con- contacting you on a consistent basis. You were actually really marinated and, and cultivated your, your, your contact database. Yeah. Which yeah. is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, even throughout like all of my crazy, I still... People liked me, you know. Mm-hmm. I was I was a cool person. I've yeah. always been very nice, you know, mm-hmm. like just just nice. I don't yeah. I don't my my intentions are never to to fuck anybody over, mm-hmm. and it's never been that throughout my yeah. whole life. Like even through hustling, you know, I, at one time I was hustling oxycontins, yeah. and I I was ruining this guy's life, and I'm like, his girl came to me and was like, yo, right. <laughs> you're fucking his life up, and I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I was heartbroken. Yeah. And I, I stopped immediately because mm. my my intent, my heart has always been like I just I want to be good and I yeah. want people to be good yeah. and I want to be good to people. So even though you know I had all that stuff going on, I I still kept relationships because 
I was authentically <laughs> my fucked up self. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and I was good to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've been able to keep those contacts. And, you know, I took I took this one business from, you know, I, I really, really helped this one business um, grow, mm-hmm. like, like very, very large. And so yeah. I started realizing, like, these contacts that I have is gold. Mm-hmm. Like real gold. Yeah. Like I can really do things and maneuver different ways and put people together. Like I said right. before, to really grow, grow things mm-hmm. um, into the magnitude that that I I see. You yeah. know, right. and I I have a specific talent in in looking at certain things mm-hmm. and knowing what I can do with that. Right. And like I don't stop. So mm-hmm. like once I have a goal, I, I'm going to accomplish that goal. There's no if and buts about mm-hmm. it. Like I'm going to do what I need to do. Every single goal in my life that I've ever had, mm-hmm. I've accomplished it mm-hmm. in every single industry that I've ever been in. Fantastic. So I mean I just it's it's a mindset though. Now yeah. that I know and I'm conscious, uh-huh. it it's your mindset. You're projecting right. this life. If you believe you can, you can. Uh-huh. If you have any doubt in your mind, then yeah. that doubt is gonna pull you back. Right, right. And I just I don't have that. Yeah. So I've seen you hustle and grind. I've seen you get on the phones. I've seen you work. I think a whole episode needs to be somebody just following you around <laughs> and watch you just go to work because it's amazing watching you work all day long, nonstop, <laughs> on one call, off a call, on a Zoom, off a Zoom. Uh, it's just really amazing and how you're able to put the pieces of the puzzle together to grow things and organize things and put structure, which I think is your real specialty into businesses. It's really incredible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people definitely, hopefully anybody, you guys listening, I'm telling you, if you know anybody, if you're in a situation that she's gone through any of these particular yeah. situations, which are pretty common in, in the world today, unfortunately, yeah. there is a way out and it takes the first part of it is looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and pointing at yourself. Yeah. And I think realizing that you are your own savior. Yep. Yep. And until you, if you keep begging and hoping and waiting for some external source to come and save you, mm. it's probably never going to happen. My, yeah. I saw my dad do that for decades mm. and it never happened. Mm. You have, you took charge and control of your own life. You mm-hmm. came to a decision and you got yourself off of cigarettes. You got yourself off of drugs. You got yourself off of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's just, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people are going to rehab centers and and these homes and, and, you know, that they go to these retreats trying to get off of these things. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know? I mean, really, it's, it's a decision. Mm-hmm. It's not the rehab that's going to make you better. Mm-hmm. It's not the outside source ever, mm-hmm. ever. It's only going within and taking yeah. responsibility for yourself and deciding, mm-hmm. which like really like getting off cigarettes was probably one of the hardest things I had to do. Mm. And it, it, it's just like, oh, I have a craving for a cigarette. Mm-hmm. But my decision, it's either yes or no. You either grab the cigarette or you right. don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to grab the cigarette. Right. It's not, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like that that decision in your head, you mm-hmm. have to be just so clear about it. Yes, yeah. no. Right. It's never in between. It's yeah. either do or do not. Uh-huh. There is no in between. Exactly. So it was just like, I, I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. That's like the hermetic principle of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And so where we learn that every decision is going to have a consequence, whether mm. it's a good consequence or a bad consequence, but every decision will definitely have a consequence. Yeah. And so we live our life based on these cause and effect decisions on a moment by moment basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and for people out there, like like know that that when these things happen to you, you know, if you get abused sexually, mentally, physically, everything you know, you keep that in your body. Your body holds mm-hmm. on to everything. Your cells yeah. remember it all. Mm-hmm. So you have to go in. You have to do your shadow work. You have to do the work mm-hmm. to get better. If yeah. I had not done the work that I researched and, you know, used the tech mm-hmm. to help me, you know, started meditating, started doing body work, mm-hmm. started really taking control of of my own body and mind, mm-hmm. even down to the cellular level, mm-hmm. like I, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. Because... If you're so filled up with trauma, which mm-hmm. most people are, <laughs> yeah. most people are walking reactions. Mm-hmm. If you're so filled up and your body is so filled up with trauma and and you're just literally stuck in fight or flight all day and you're mm-hmm. reacting, reacting, reacting. First of all, your prefrontal cortex, which is your thinking part of your brain, isn't even getting the blood flow to mm-hmm. think, you know, like in right. smart, logical ways. Right. So you have to bring your body out of that stress response, mm-hmm. you know, and bring your body and mind back into a, a, a point of homeostasis right. to be able to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you have to do the work. Right. You have to do the work. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be conscious enough to research and, and find these things. And, you know, I, I, I'm so 
so happy that I found a, a body worker that has really helped me mm. get a ton of trauma, you know, out of my body, like down to the cellular level, which mm. is, you know, that's an episode in itself. But yeah. to give people a glimpse, you know, I mean, when she puts her hands on, you know, certain parts of your body, mm-hmm. it's like these memories will just come rushing back, mm. you know, and I've repressed so much stuff in my life yeah. because my higher self knows I can't handle it yet. Right. So, so when I'm able to handle and process that information, mm-hmm. uh, it'll come to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, doing body work like that has helped me extreme, drastically. I mean, wow. I used to have terrible road rage, mm-hmm. um, just so much anger, yeah. so much anger. And, you know, now I, I have zero world rage. Like, yeah, that's one of the biggest... zero anger. I mean, knowing you now from... I've not only known you for, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe seven months. But I have never seen you get angry, raise your voice. Uh, I never, I've never seen you have road rage or um, or anything. Any of these things that you're telling me that you, you used to do when you were younger. Mm. And it's like, you know, no drinking, no smoking, nothing. Matter of fact, you can't stand to smell cigarette smoke when oh you walk God, by somebody smoking. <laughs> And it's like, man, this is really a complete like 360 turn. Like you really went like mm-hmm. all the way around and came back to zero. Like you reset your whole self. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's due to the work, yeah. you know, using these different modalities and really mm-hmm. biohacking my body yeah. and my mind and my changing my thought process, mm-hmm. putting routines into place. Like I'm a very structured and detailed like mm-hmm. cycle. Like I have to have yeah. and things yeah. have to be like this or else I, right. it drives me crazy. It gives yeah. me anxiety. So, um, you know, I have to just structure myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I have routines that have helped me, you know, stay, stay like this. And I just, I get angry and I accept the fact that I'm angry, Mm -hmm. but I don't lash out because I don't need to. Right. I acknowledge my anger and I Mm -hmm. feel it in my body. You know, when I get angry, my chest beats and it's painful. Mm -hmm. But instead of lashing out at somebody, Mm -hmm. I go inward and I'm like, okay, I'm really mad right now. And I feel this pain in my chest and I just need to breathe Mm -hmm. and acknowledge it and be okay with it. And then tell my body, hey, chill, you're good. Mm -hmm. You know, you're safe. Mm -hmm. You're good. Just relax. So, I mean, it's not that I don't have these emotions. I have all types of emotions. Mm -hmm. But instead of, you know, expressing those emotions outwardly, Mm -hmm. I go inward and I go into my body and see Mm -hmm. where I'm experiencing these emotions at and I acknowledge them. And I feel them. You know, I went through a very heartbreaking event not too long ago, as you know. And um, I was really heartbroken for a while. And, you know, I had to sit with that. And before I was so frozen, like I wouldn't let myself cry. Mm -hmm. Like I I never cried. But I mean, I cried probably for straight for like three weeks. (laughs) Wow. Like I because I went in. And I let myself feel the heartbreak and mm-hmm. feel the pain. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that and you have to, like, accept and acknowledge your emotions. You have them for a reason. These feelers mm-hmm. you feel in mm-hmm. this dimension. That's yeah. the only thing you really have right. is feelings. Mm-hmm. So if you are stuffing and stuffing your feelings all your life, then it's going to manifest physically in your body. Mm-hmm. You're going to be walking reaction. Mm-hmm. You're going to take your emotions out on other people who yeah. are undeserving of those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your emotions, are, they're powerful things. It makes you strong to acknowledge yeah. and accept your emotions, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm hard. I'm not going to cry. I'm, I'm hard. Stop yeah. it. You know, that that's weak. You're mm-hmm. being weak because you're running away from the only thing that really we came here with is, mm-hmm. is feelings. Right. So, I mean, I just, you know, now I'm very conscious of, of my emotional flow. Yeah. And, and the more you become conscious of that, it's like the more, you know, you can really deal with yourself and mm-hmm. deal with the things that you feel. Right. And right. be okay with it. You exactly. know, I'm okay when I cry. Like, I'm yeah. crying. I'm sad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. And I, and I see you connect while we're talking. You're connected to an electrical outlet. What, oh, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah, I'm grounded. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite, favorite modalities. I yeah. mean... You know, interesting. It's so interesting to me, but I'm mm-hmm. a nerd. Like, we were never supposed to be disconnected from the earth, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. back in the 1960s, 1970s, they created synthetic material and slapped it on the bottom of shoes. Mm-hmm. So that disconnected us from the healing powers of the earth. Mm-hmm. Healing powers of the earth broken down is free electrons that are all over the earth's surface. Mm-hmm. And as bioelectric beings, you know, especially now with all of 5G, Wi-Fi, everything, we walk around with a positive charge in our bodies. Yeah. So, and we don't have any any way to displace that and, and become neutral again because mm-hmm. we're not connected to the earth anymore. We walk around with rubber-soled shoes. Mm-hmm. So when I found out about grounding, it changed everything for me. Oh my gosh. Like, wow. I mean, it's, 
it's amazing. It calms your nervous system down immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've, I've been able to take deep breaths. Like, yeah. I, I stay grounded as much as possible because we're never supposed to be not grounded. Right. You know, it's impossible to have chronic inflammation in your mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. when you're grounded. Okay. And, you know, the rise in autoimmune disease and diabetes since mm-hmm. they slapped synthetic material on our shoes mm-hmm. has increased on a graph, like, on the same line as synthetic shoe sales. Wow. So, I mean, people are walking around with these diseases, these autoimmune diseases that they don't need to have mm. <laughs> because it's impossible to be chronically inflamed when you're grounded. Yeah. Like people walk around with, with thick blood viscosity that you can't, it's, it's bad, it's bad, you know? Yeah. So when you're grounded, you know, your cells have enough electrons to think about magnets, you know, mm-hmm. when you put yeah. a positive, positive, negative, negative, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they repel each other. Right. So now your fluids are moving more in flow mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just like, a fractal of emotion too mm. you know you're just more in flow everything is more in flow yeah and no i'm just i'm obsessed i ground that's often. incredible mm-hmm. now so this is a, a patch is connected to you and yes. this, this cable is connected to the electrical outlet so to the grounding portion of the electrical outlet yep yep and exactly what's happening there so it's basically the transfer well so every house has to be grounded or else mm. like you get electrocuted right so mm-hmm. you know every house has a ground rod that goes into you know deep into the earth mm-hmm. and all electrical outlets are connected to that mm-hmm. and so what you're getting out of um the ground in the electrical outlet is you know negative ions basically mm-hmm. you know free electrons and they're getting transferred from the earth mm-hmm. into your body which you need and mm-hmm. now your body is neutralized you're not walking around with a positive charge anymore nice. you don't have static electricity mm-hmm. you know you're not shocking yourself every second yeah so um yeah i mean these these patches are <laughs> a game Incredible. changer fantastic game changer fantastic mm-hmm. this, this, this is great this is a lot of great information and um more recently you took on a new role with another company mm-hmm. you want to talk about that yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so director of operations for forbidden knowledge yes Forbidden knowledge. Absolutely. And <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, this has been like an amazing, amazing change in my life. And, you know, another huge lesson that I've learned is to be okay with change. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are so scared of, of change and they don't go with the flow within stuff that's happening. And, you know, it was it was so dramatic how, how my last career ended and then this career started. Mm-hmm. And it was terrifying. Right. <laughs> terrifying because literally my life went like this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was not prepared. I was not expecting it. Mm-hmm. But I feel so blessed to be where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I respect what you do so much. Thank and, you. you know, the knowledge that you're trying to spread and consciousness that you're trying to spread throughout the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I feel very honored to, like, be where I'm at right Thank now. You. So, I mean, it's just been, yeah. it's been a blessing to yeah. be here with you. So, I mean, honestly, like... And I feel like I'm becoming more conscious, you know, mm-hmm. just to even be around you more often. Like, wow. you know, when, you, when you're in the energy with another yeah. person that's right. conscious, it's just like it just keeps on. Yeah, you know? we feed up each other. Like, yeah. sometimes like, you'll catch me getting anxious about something and you'll yeah. reel me back in and yeah. I'll catch you getting anxious about something or something, you know, just letting you know to calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Just a reassurance, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to be around that energy where people are always consistently reassuring one another instead of letting everybody fly off the hook. Yeah. And, yeah. and watching. Some people enjoy watching other people lose it. Right. Know? Right. Uh, which is a sad thing. I don't know why, but, but that's what we're working on. We're yeah. working on that and spreading consciousness and knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since you came on board, you saw the opportunity that was here. You saw the bigger picture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw the structure and that was missing mm-hmm. you saw the branding that was missing you saw the systems that were missing mm-hmm. and you've literally come in like a surgeon <laughs> you like scalpel <laughs> scissors you know and um, it's been amazing I mean you really uh, are helping me to turn this thing into a multi-billion dollar corporation mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really excited to have you on board it's been a blessing to have you here and you've been doing Phenomenal, phenomenal work. Thank you. And you've been working my butt. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we left out in the morning at five o'clock. We woke up and then um, I don't know if I did four or five radio shows one day. It was just crazy. Every time I turn around, it's like, you got to go. You got to go. I'm like, oh, my God. But I enjoy it. 
Yeah. It's a lot of work, but I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I guarantee you guys, I don't sit around all day in slippers and a robe doing nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta work. We got yeah. stuff to do because right. I, I, like I said before, I see the vision mm -hmm. and that's one of my talents. Like yeah. I see, I see the final end product. Mm -hmm. So I see where you're going. And yeah. my only goal really is to really just get you there. Right. You know, right. in a systemized manner, in a mm -hmm. more detailed manner. So, mm -hmm. So your systems are in place and you can really become, you know, what you need to become. It's yeah. really just talent so you can speak more so people right. can hear what you have, what's in here. Yeah. You know, they need to, you need to take this mm -hmm. and all of them need right. to hear what's here. Exactly. And that's really the goal, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I see every single little thing that, you know, is within your company is going to mm -hmm. be very, 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 very successful yeah. and it's going to change the world. So. Thank you. It's been another amazing show, amazing mm -hmm. episode. And uh, I'm so glad you have me as your co-host on your podcast. Thanks. Yeah. I'm so glad that, that we're doing this together. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, no, I'm excited for more episodes. And I hope you guys are too. Like there will be a lot of knowledge because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can change. Like you don't have to, to stay in the same, you know, toxic pattern that you've been in in your life. No matter what you've been through. I mean, I've experienced close to all the traumas that you possibly can and um, completely changed it around and you know now I'm, I'm literally manifesting like my best life which is why I called podcasts what I called it because you know I'm starting to see what I want to happen happen so much quicker and just you just you know I mean we're traveling the world and like yeah. you know spreading consciousness and, and yeah. love throughout everything exactly. and I just you know that's all I want to do so mm -hmm. I mean it's like it's crazy how things just that's it. Yeah. When you when you become a master manifester mm -hmm. and you've biohacked yourself like you've done, things happen almost in, before you can even finish the thought. Yeah. Something clicks and it's already happening. It's mm -hmm. already put in place. It's already set in motion. The dates are already yeah. set. Yeah. Um, and it's been an amazing ride. Yeah. Listen, everyone, please don't forget to, to share this podcast. Click the like button. Uh, and also click that bell if you're watching on YouTube for more alerts and notifications when we drop another video. Peace out. Peace. <laughs> Actually, it's this way. Peace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you the proper peace sign. <laughs> right. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> you are watching Forbidden Knowledge TV.